What's up, Ditch the Job listeners? Mark Cabrera at the podcast and Virtual Summit Launch Coach here. And we have a story of someone who went from being an engineer to having her own international photography business. And we all know about how Ditching the Job presents that challenge of following your passion, which is what Argentina did. But then how do you make that a sustainable business? How do you get the clients that allow you to bring in the income you need to make? So we'll be talking about that in this episode. Our guest who joins us today, she's a Bordeaux photographer who's passionate about her photography, but there's an underlying mission in her work uh, for women empowerment, and she helps her clients to never again doubt their beauty. So our guest who joins us for this episode of Ditch the Job is none other than Argentina Leva. Argentina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Very, very thrilled to, to be here, especially because I've just loved to talk about, you know, how, you know, my, leaving my job to, to become my own, you know, boss and uh, especially to younger generations that are wondering, what am I going to do with my life? You know, it can be very scary nowadays with so many options out there. <laughs> and uh, there are definitely a lot of fears when it comes to leaving a job because that is a stable paycheck, but when it comes to fulfillment, when it comes to doing your work, and when it comes to uh, your like your job has an income ceiling, but your business, you know, this is just based on how much work you put in and what you're doing. So I wonder if you could share with us how you uh, made that transition and were able to get the clients for your photography business. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, one of the great advantages of being your your own boss is first of all, you can never fire yourself. <laughs> So you never had to deal with being laid off. Uh, and number two, um, your income is really determined by you. You never had to uh, ask for a raise or a demotion or a promotion. You know, you, you, it's up to you how much money you're going to make. That's the good news. The bad news is like, how the hell you do, you do that, right? Um, and, and, and for me, making the transition, um, it did not come to me like, um, until I was way into my engineering career. Um, I went to school, um, you know, to become an engineer and I, you know, that, that was my passion. Um, but if I go back to my years of, um, you know, early college, um, actually high school, really, you know, I realized I'm about to, you know, finish high school. What am I going to do with my career? And I wanted to be a vet. And, um, you know, I'm, I was born in Mexico, born and raised there in Mexico, went to school there. And, um, and, and my passions were, were animals because I grew up with horses. Um, and when I realized that vets in Mexico are broke, <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> the one thing I knew for sure, you know, being 16, 17 is I did not want to be broke. And in that career, you know, even though I love animals, you know, that was not going to be, you know, me. So, um, so I went to the next, you know, what, what, what else is out there in my own city? You know, come from a middle class, you know, family, um, not really, you know, with a type of income that would let me travel to Europe to a fancy school or United States, whatever. So, but we had great, you know, engineering school in our town. And, um, and I knew one thing, I was good at science and math, so I can do engineering. 
And the only one that sounded a little bit familiar was chemical engineering because it was, it had the word chemistry in it. <laughs> Other than that, you know, I really had no idea what an engineer did. Um, I was pretty much the first one of my generation to go to college. Um, so I really did not have a role model. And um, so I went to school and um, I did well. Um, and then when it came to uh, getting close to graduation, then again, the same question, okay, now what? What am I going to do with this engineering degree? I still have no idea, you know, what I'm going to do, what it's going to look like. Um, but I kept saying the same thing. As long as I get a job as an engineer, I'm going to make, you know, good money. And then I'll figure out my path. And it really took years of me, you know, went into... Um, you know, the workforce, I actually got a master's degree going to Georgia Tech, I got a scholarship. And, um, and, and you know, in a way, it's like, okay, I'm, do, I'm investing all this time and effort, I guess, I'm gonna make it now my passion. So I'm gonna become an engineer. And, um, and I enjoyed it. You know, I traveled to Southeast Asia, live, you know, abroad with a company. And, um, but every day, you know, the older I got, you know, fast forward, I'm like 26, 27 by then. And, and there was always this thing in the back of my mind that, is that it? I'm just going to wake up, go to a job and, and wait until retirement and try to do my best and get some races, maybe some grow, grow in, you know, growth in, in the company. And, uh, and, and some, something inside of me just told me that I could do more. In, in, and when I said to do more, it was more with my life, to give more significance. And uh, so I didn't know what I, what I wanted still. And, uh, and, and what happened is um, around 2000, um, the year 2000, um, I went through a divorce and... Um, to help myself, you know, heal and find my own path, uh, I picked up a camera. And uh, it's something that it's not necessarily that was my passion that, oh, I want to be a photographer. I just like to, you know, as a child, my, my dad had a camera and I thought that was, you know, really cool, but never pursue it. Um, my parents just didn't have money to buy me a camera or to have, uh, you know, back in the day with film, it's expensive. You can't be like shooting all the time. You gotta, you know, develop those pictures. And, um, but now, you know, I was independent. I had my own money. I was able to grab a, you know, buy a camera and, um, and that's how the, the story. So that's kind of like the short story, how I went from an engineer to grabbing a camera. Mm. And I mean, it's interesting how in life, like our passions change, our interests change and, uh, we just have to be able to adapt and uh, do different things that allow us to further align with the things we're passionate about. For Argentina, that meant uh, ditching the engineering path because even though she really worked up towards it, it was no longer her big passion. Uh, for some people, that's easier said than done. Uh, so I'm wondering when you decided, okay, I'm going to start this photography business. Uh, what were some of the initial things you did to grow that business? Mm-hmm. You know, the great advantage of um, doing a hobby when you have a steady job um, is that you have the finances 
to finance your hobby. And, and I honestly thought it was just going to be a hobby until, you know, a girlfriend asked me to, to shoot her wedding. And, um, you know, it's like, sure, I'll, I'll do it. No idea what I was doing, but, um, but I really like working with, with people. And, um, so, so suddenly I realized like, wow, I can make money with this. You know, I can work Monday through Friday and then we, you know, weddings happen on the weekends. So that would give me an extra source of income, doing something that is fun. Um, and it will keep me busy for me. You know, I can't be without doing anything. I always have to be doing something, something where I feel that I'm, you know, is productive. And, um, and I started to, to learn more about photography. And, and as I said, the nice thing about, you know, deciding to do something, turning into a money making activity is that you have your income as an engineer to invest in, on this. Something that when you're a student, you know, you depend on your student loans, so you have to work to pay or your parents, you know, whatever. Now I had my own money and to, to learn more about this. And, and what I started to do is um, I started to look for people that I could, could learn from. I joined the Professional Photographers Association of America and suddenly boom, a lot of information came available to me. It's like, wow, this is a huge world out there. And, and I found amazing coaches. Um, you know, I would take my vacation time and fly to New York or to Texas to take this very intensive, you know, workshops on photography, how to, you know, pose people, how to photograph a wedding, how to photograph a family, uh, how to better use the camera, the flashes, how to create albums, how to retouch, you know, now we're talking about a digital era, so I needed to learn Photoshop. And, and I just started to invest, you know, I really, really enjoyed this. It gave me, you know, um, a purpose suddenly. And, um, and I still, you know, continue doing my job. I still enjoy that, but this was fun because also there was not the pressure, uh, of anyway, you know, I was my own boss and, uh, if I make money, great. If I didn't make money, there's not a pressure, you know, I still have my job and pays well and, and, and I had job security. Um, and, um, so Years go by and I keep doing all these weddings and, um, and then I start to see it more as a business. Okay, how, this is interesting. It's like everybody with a camera can actually become a photographer. Um, so I realized there is a lot of competition and, uh, and, and now with the, with the birth of digital photography, it becomes a commodity. Anyone can be a photographer. Instant gratification. You can just take your digital pictures and now with the apps, you know, you can retouch it yourself and voila, there's suddenly, you know, your own family pictures or even your friends can photograph your wedding, you know. So it becomes a commodity. It loses a lot of value. I went through through that because I, I picked up photography exactly when it was transitioning into digital and it went exponential, the growth. So every year I just saw 
you know, huge, huge growth. And, and I'm part of that. I'm part of that. I got bis- other photographers out of business because photographers that had established studios that people would go to the studios. Now he has, or she has all of us digital, you know, hobbyists offering everybody digital pictures, you know, digital sessions in parks. We don't need a studio. And so we got a lot of people out of business that had studios and have invested all this money. And, and it was a really, really tough time. So when I realized that was happening, then I decided like, okay, I'm not quitting my day job because it's hard out there. There's a lot of people, you know, doing this. And again, like me, it's not what, what puts food on my table really is just extra money. So I can sell it cheap. I can sell it at any price I wanted to. Whereas when it is your livelihood, you know, you, you had to pray, uh, prize your, your work for profit. And that was the challenge. Mm-hmm. That's the realization that I had. Do I want to do this? I love it. It's my passion. But again, I don't want to be a broke photographer. I do really well as, a, as an engineer. And, uh, and it's everybody's priority. And for me, you know, being a, a female, you know, it was very important. It gave me a lot of security to make my own money because, you know, I had gone through a divorce and, um, and you know, I, I, I wasn't raised to, you know, look for a husband to support yourself and stay ho- be a homestay mom or, or anything like that. I was raised to, you were independent. You have to be able to take care of yourself. If something happens, you can take care of yourself. So that stayed in my mind all, all throughout those years and that path. Um, so again, as, as much as I love photography, um, you know, when, when I did the math, um, I was probably just breaking $20,000 a year. That's below poverty level, you know? So for me, it was just extra income to my engineering job. Mm. And you mentioned how you did a lot of investments. Uh, you went to all these different workshops and places like that. And that's extra money that, you know, some people may spend just for like an extra night out or something like that. So uh, can you talk about how you got disciplined to the sense where you had this money and you're spending it towards your photography uh, as an investment and some better things can come out of it instead of spending the money on things that don't matter? Right. I think, um, Mark, for me, it had a lot to do that I'm an introvert. Uh, I'm not uh, a party goer. I never, even since I was in high school, I really didn't go out that much. I did have a lot of friends, but, uh, you know, especially in, in our engineering career, it was a very strange generation. It was pretty much all women and like two or three men in our generation. It was really funny um, generation. And, uh, and we were not exactly party goers. Um, we were into studying. We were, you know, just the geeks of, you know, engineering. And so I think that had a lot to do that. It made me very easy. It, it was very easy for me to, um, to, to not put my thoughts into going and partying and anything else. Um, I mean, I did other things like I would like to travel and, you know, being from Mexico, I had to put money aside to travel to Mexico and see my family. 
But um, the discipline part, it came more of a um, desire of trying to achieve a goal. And it just became um, natural. I didn't have to really fight it and try to find that much of a discipline. So um, uh, what I can tell you is that somewhere around, I would say, 2003, 2004, um, it's when I realized that I wanted a major change in my life. And more than anything, it was an internal change. You know, I have gone by then into a second divorce and, uh, and I was feeling uh, lost. You know, my career was doing great and I have this extra money and I had never really done any type of personal growth to really find who I was, what made me happy. I was really just going through the movements of life and uh, what I call I was drifting through life, just going through the natural things that we humans go. Go to school, get a job, get married, go divorce, go back into the dating scene and always trying to, you know, do the best that we can just live life and try to find our significance, try to become happy human beings. And, um, but nobody really told me you had to have a purpose. You have to... Um, you know, find what is your passion. Uh, I was doing things and, you know, some things were great. A lot of things were like stressful, um, but I was going anywhere trying to find myself. And, uh, and that was probably the biggest challenge for me. So in 2003, 2004, somewhere around that time is when I start to read you know, personal growth books that really taught me a lot about myself. And that's when I discovered that as humans, we have to have a purpose. Mm. And that's when I started to think different. And that's when I started to look at photography in a very different way. And that's when I started to also read books about business. And, and I stopped taking classes on photography. I decided, okay, how much more can I really learn? Now I need to learn how to be a business person. And I started to read books like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, you know, selling to very important, selling to Vito, which is a great book about very important people, um, how to sell. Um, how to market yourself effectively, how to price effectively, effectively. And I realized that all these people that were writing these books, they had a story in which they disciplined themselves. They set up goals. They set up steps. They kept studying. And, and that's when I did discipline with, with a mindset um, and you know, really focus in, in, in getting that discipline to achieve my goals. Before I was just doing things and they just happened to happen good for me. Um, but when you do it now consciously, you know, and when you, you know, people telling you how you can achieve things. And when I say people is, is authors, because there's really nobody, I never had a live in-person mentor another business owner, another um, entrepreneur uh, that I could look up to, um, but I had books and, uh, and I started to take courses online about business. I invested in a marketing coach. And um, so 
little by little, I just started to learn these disciplines. And to this day, you know, sometimes you start something and then you go into a tangent and then you stop doing things. And then you wake up again, something happens. It's like, oh, I need to like go back into my routine um, and uh, setting up my goals. So I think that's the discipline that at least to this day, and you know, I'm 49 now, um, I continue to um, evolve into creating that discipline. Like no matter what, you're getting up at six and, um, and, and have this routine. I, I read a, a, a really good book, uh, which is The Millionaire Mindset, which I really recommend to anyone to read because, um, you know, at the end of the day, nobody's happy by being poor. Nobody. You know, they say like uh, money is the source of all evil. That's not true. Or that I'm a very spiritual person. I don't need money. I'm happy, you know, like this. You know, I don't need money to be happy. With. It's like, you know, money is not happiness. Absolutely. But it hell sure is better to be driving yourself in a nice car than in a bus to work. Um, it just makes things like the icing on the cake. So the money has a lot of uses to really achieve your goals, to help to find significance, to have find your purpose. So, um, so that this book, The Millionaire Mindset, is is really amazing because it goes into the minds of people that have done, have a lot of discipline to make at least a million dollars, you know, uh, as a uh, assets. And, um, and then constantly just reading, I guess my discipline is just to constantly be looking for books that will keep me grounded and help me grow and not lose track of, of where I'm, where I'm going. Um, and you know, I just, right now I'm, I'm going through a huge, you know, one year program with, with coaches that would really help me to achieve my new goals, find new goals and accountability, you know, checking on me. Did you do this? Did you do that? So sometimes I think we all, we cannot succeed alone. We always need help. And sometimes it can start by having books because very often when you go on your own to pursue your dreams, uh, the people around you don't have the same dreams that you do or the same drive that you do. They have a different opinion of what life should be. They, they think that maybe you should go to school, get a job, don't mess up, try to stay there and work for retirement. In the meantime, you know, grow a family, that sort of stuff. And when you have a very different idea, um, like my nephew, uh, he's 14, and uh, right now he's listening to YouTubers. And, and he is just realizing that you can make money in many other ways, not just going to college. So, um, and, and of course, you know, his mother and I are like, no, no, you go to college. And, and we have to really stop her, ourselves. And, um, you know, there's a lot of ways um, now to make a, a good living. Uh, I wouldn't say don't go to college. Um, but, you know, like Steve Jobs quit, you know, school, he didn't finish school. But it's when you know exactly where you're going and you're very, very driven. But when you don't know where you're going, 
Mm. Go to college, you'll figure out the way, and at least you have a, a skill that you can later on put in a resume, go and find a job, and hey, I have a master's or a, a business degree or engineering degree or BS on this. Um, and you can go and get a job while you figure out what is it that you want to do with your life. So, um, so, so yeah, just make sure that first you, you fix the money problem. You know, do whatever it takes to make sure that the, you have an income if you are not sure right now what is it that you want to do with your life. Yeah, I really love that advice. There is an important distinction between knowing a lot about your passion, knowing a lot about business, because there are people who they're really big experts in what they're doing, but uh, since they don't know the business side, they don't get to see the money come in. So that's a very important point by Argentina. There is a point where you do have to read those personal development and those business books and make all the investments uh, that you have to make on your end to make the business part happen. Uh, for people who are wondering where can we follow your work and continue to uh, go along with you on your journey, where are some good places we can go? Well, if you want to follow me, my career as a boudoir photographer, you can go to my website. It's um, artofseductionchicago.com. Um, and, you know, if you're really interested in getting into photography, um, I mean, I'm not saying that you're going to do boudoir photography, but it will give you a sense of the message of how I market, how I present myself uh, to attract the right clients. Um, that's something that you learn a lot doing marketing. You have to, it's no different than putting a nice suit for an interview. You have to have a good presence. Your website is the first thing that people see. So it has to have a really good uh, presentation. Well, Argentina will have all those links in the show notes for anyone who wants to follow you and your work. Once again, thank you so much for coming on Ditch to Jow. It was such a pleasure having you on the show. It was great, uh, you know, being here, Mark. Thank you for letting me share my story with your audience.